Welcome to Talk Racing to Me with Naomi. We're back again. I couldn't be more excited to cover racing on different continents. Chatting with trainer Joseph O'Brien about Saratoga, as well as my report from South Africa in particular, their big feature race in the Durban July with winning jockey Samanga Kamalo. But we're starting off with multiple Irish champion jockey Joseph O'Brien turned multiple Great one, group one winning trainer who has a string of horses at Saratoga for the first time ever. Now, when Joseph switched from riding to training, he saddled four winners on his first day. Now, he won the 2017 Melbourne Cup with Rekindling, making him the youngest ever trainer to win the Melbourne Cup at 24 years of age. Now, he's no stranger to those type of records. He was the youngest ever jockey to ride a Breeders' Cup winner in the Breeders' Cup turf on St. Nicholas Abbey in 2011. And he was also the youngest trainer to enjoy victory at the Breeders' Cup with Iridessa in the Philly and Mare turf at Santa Anita in 2019. Now, he's also no stranger to American and Saratoga success. He's won the Saratoga Derby Invitational Stakes with State of Rest in 2021 and the Belmont Gold Cup Stakes with Baron Samady. And that was all only last year. He travelled from Ireland to Saratoga to be present for his first two juvenile runners. And I caught up with him as he's in the car on his way to the airport to catch a flight back to Ireland. Hence, the connection was a touch spotty from time to time. But I started off by asking what the initial reasoning was behind bringing a string over to Saratoga for the first time ever. Um, yeah, well, I suppose, um, um, I suppose really the prize money obviously is very good here and um, um, you know, we have owners who are keen to compete here and, and who obviously are in the area anyway. And um, and um, and we had horses who we thought would be able to be competitive here. So so that, that's kind of how it came about. And it's really a learning experience for us. Um, and, um, and uh, you know, we're pleased at how it's started. Yeah, it must be a little bit different to actually have stalls at Saratoga in comparison to perhaps shipping a horse over and kind of really coming in for one race. Yes, it is absolutely. Um, obviously, you have to adjust the horse's training regime and uh, they have to get used to the new environment when they're just there for one race. It's kind of in and out, so you don't you don't have as much um, as much to do with them, of course. So, so yeah, it is very different. And um, it's something that, you know, we, we, we haven't really done a lot of in the past. So, so like I say, we're learning, learning as we go along and, uh, um, and uh, yeah, we are. And you brought over two-year-olds. Did you prepare them differently and, and have they taken well to training on the Saratoga uh, race course? I, I mean, the environment must be different. I remember myself, an exercise rider, we took horses over from England to Hong Kong. And I remember the first couple of times on the track with all the other horses, that was, that was a bit challenging. Yeah, it, it, it is absolutely very different for them. Um, um, we took horses, so we thought had an attitude that would, that would take to it. Um, and that wouldn't be too, um, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be too overcome by the, by the, by the new surroundings and by the training on the track. 
but but the three two-year-olds that we have taken over have settled in quite well and um and they seem to have taken it in their stride luckily you mentioned that obviously it's very different was there a particular type of runner that you thought would really suit this different environment as well as perhaps the layout of saratoga it's quite a tight turf track it, it is and, and uh, um yeah we, we tried to take horses who who obviously were were were, were pretty sound pretty straightforward and uh, had, had had some speed um, um now as they've ran they have still probably found it racing pretty quick for them but but we think that that uh, at races will will take them forward and um and like i say we're learning so we're always will be learning about what we need to take back here next year as well and let's talk about the horses that you brought over you mentioned the three juveniles you've had two of them run already so far the first one being alexis sorba he finished fourth uh, you, you mentioned perhaps it was a little bit on the quicker side for them. I did watch the race, and it looked like he didn't get away as strongly as perhaps the rest of the field. Yeah, he actually got a little bit upset in the gate, which is unlike him. Um, but but and as a result, he, he was a bit slowly away, and that that put him on the back foot. But he he stayed on nicely to be fourth, and uh, you know he shaped it so he'd enjoy going a bit more distance, and he'd probably do that next time. And how about Reckoning Force? He just ran. I know that you just came from the racetrack. What did you make of his run? Yeah, we're quite pleased with his run, actually. Um, from, from the wide draw um, and from having a wide trip all the way, um, he galloped on, on well to be fourth. Um, he was on the wrong lead uh, through, through the race. And uh, there's a few things that, that, that we think that he can learn from and, and take forward to his next race and be competitive again. So we were quite pleased with his run and uh, uh, we, think, we think going forward, we think he'll be able to be competitive in this company. You also have a, a filly with you. And I mean, we just mentioned before we started the interview that she was supposed to run tomorrow on the Sunday, but she's going to take a, a bit more time. Would you give us an update on her? Yeah, Philly caused stay lost by Bernardini. Um, she was due to run due to run Sunday, um, um, but she maybe the journey just was a little bit harder on her than than two colts, and she probably won't run for another couple of weeks. Uh, but we think she's a nice filly, and uh, and uh, we're looking forward to getting her started uh, when when she's ready. Well, very much looking forward to seeing her too. So you have three ru- runners with you at present are you looking at bringing a couple more over for the season or do you have any plans to bring some other horses over um yeah we, we quite possibly will um to, to be honest we haven't got firm plans yet but we 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 do have some horses who will run at Ireland in the next few weeks and uh should they perform well there will be races towards the second half of the meet that may suit them out here so we're we're, we're um uh playing it by ear and tell me a little bit about the team that you brought out here as well. How have they found it so far? And were they happy to come over stateside? Yeah, I think anybody would be uh, uh, more than happy to spend a few weeks in Saratoga, um, <laughs> Naomi. So, um, um, yeah, we're lucky. We have, we have a really, really good team. Um, and Sean and uh, Top, top people and uh, trust and um, yeah they're, they're doing a great job. You were in Saratoga really briefly yourself I know that you mentioned that you're leaving again what do you think of Saratoga and when will we see you back? 
I've I've been a few times over the last few years, and uh, it's a wonderful place. Uh, we love coming here, and uh, hopefully we'll be back again soon. And before I let you go, would you mind telling me about the relationship that you have with Hall of Fame rider Johnny Velasquez? He's been partnering your runners thus far, but I would imagine that the relationship started much earlier than your training career, perhaps when you were a jockey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I know Johnny for a number of years. Um, yeah, and like you say, I first met him when I was riding, and uh, he was he was very good to me over here. And um, yeah, we've always kind of kept in touch. And uh, and uh, obviously, he's a top top rider, and uh, we're very lucky to to be able to have his assistance on on some of our horses. And hopefully, we can continue to do so going forward. How different is it for you to come over to the United States as a trainer instead of as a jockey, which of course your first couple of John stateside uh, were like? Yeah, um, it's um, I, I love coming here. Um, I've been coming here obviously for a, a number of years, and uh, and um, I love coming to I love coming to the states. Um, we've, we've obviously raced at a number of tracks here in America, and uh, and um, you know hopefully in the future we can continue to do so more and more and uh and uh yeah like i say i love coming here oh well, i think everyone very much enjoys having you there as well and of course look forward uh, to seeing who you might additionally bring over and of course best of luck with stay lost as well we'll be following to see when uh, she makes an appearance so joseph thank you so much thanks very much naomi a quick insight into the joseph o'brien operation at saratoga and we're hoping to see him continue his state site success now here's also hoping that i get there before the saratoga meet ends there's been many changes in my life i'm currently in the netherlands my home country i'm waiting for my visa appointment with the american embassy yeah fun times but it, it's all good as i did approve my next visa so i really can't wait to get back to the usa now unfortunately I had to wave goodbye to Maryland and the Maryland Jockey Club, who I thoroughly enjoyed working for. I learned so much from them, their team, and I was welcomed in with open arms from the get-go. I decided to go freelance so I can travel around with my partner, who's moving a fair bit for work. I will be doing my own share of travel as well, though. I will be commencing as the World Horse Racing USA correspondent in the next few months, aside from some other freelance gig, of course, as a presenter, as well as as a writer. Very, very exciting. Now, I've also decided to run a marathon. Yeah, you heard it, a marathon. The Rocket City Marathon in Alabama on December 10th. The back half of the marathon course takes runners over to the US Space and Rocket Center, which I thought was really really cool so a bit of accountability right here because you heard it first I am running that 42 kilometer race and yes I've been training and yes my legs hurt next our next uh, part of the podcast involves racing action in South Africa I had the chance to collar Samanga Kamalo the first black jockey to win the Durban July Handicap, which is South Africa's premier horse race. He won it in 2013 on heavy metal. Not to be confused with 
that Heavy Metal, who won multiple group races in Dubai, not the same horse. I thought it was the same horse for two seconds before I actually watched the races and it wasn't the case. Now, Samanga, or Bling Bling, as he's affectionately known, was the first black South African champion jockey in 2014. And he's a local jockey. He came from a township, Wamashu, in Durban. And as for the Durban July, it's a handicap race over 2,200 meters on the turf, which equals a mile and three eighths. Now, we don't see many big handicap races with prominence in the USA. I think the first one that really comes to mind is the Santa Anita handicap, the big cap. Uh, that's over a mile and a quarter on the dirt. That's for four-year-olds and up. And they have assigned weights as well. But of course, if you think of a popular handicap race, perhaps the most popular in the world would most likely be the Melbourne Cup, just short of that two miles on the turf. Now, back to the Durban July, it's quite an old race. It's held annually on the first Saturday of July since 1897 at Gravel Racecourse in Durban, Kozulu Natal is the area. Now, when it comes to racing in South Africa, you can kind of divide the circuits in relation to the three principal cities. Joburg, Johannesburg, features the Summer Cup. And then you have Cape Town, where you have the J&B Met, as well as the Lormorans Queen's Plate. And then in Kozulu Natal, uh, you have the Durban July. So those are kind of the circuits that most sort of meets play out over. Now, when looking at this year's Durban July, there were 20 runners going to post. Pomp and Power, the Cape Derby winner, was the 92 favorite. He's one of four for trainer Justin Snaith, who's won this race four times before. Now, two-time Durban July winner do it again, also representing the same barn, lined up, hoping to make history as the only horse to win the race for a third time. Now, I actually really liked one of the other Snaith Barn runners in Jet Dark, who looked quite an imposing physical when we saw him at Somerville Training Center. He's a horse and really, to me, looked like that American kind of stallion type. Now, he's a two-time Queen's Plate winner. Do you think that the 2200 meter distance was on the longer side for him? But I'll get to the result in just a second. Uh, Mike the Cock was well represented too. He was looking for a fifth victory himself in the Durban July. He had four runners in the mix, including the only filly to take on the field of boys in sparkling water who has shown that she's very, very good over those longer distances, very strong staying ability. Plus, as this is a handicap, she actually only had to carry 53.5 kilograms, which is about 118 pounds. Now, in comparison, the top weight-carrying horses were going to have to run with 60 kilograms, 132 pounds. The likes of Jet Dark, as well as title defender Komet Diding, were the ones carrying that kind of weight. Now, that's quite the difference, 14 pounds or 6.5 kilograms difference. In addition to, of course, the weight factor, there was a little bit of jockey roulette going on. Samanga ended up taking off Jet Dark to write sparkling water for Mike the Cock. Now, Jet Dark's trainer, Justin Snaith, was quoted as saying, do not count this horse out about Jet Dark. He's proven that he can run 2,000 meter, as we saw in the Met. Samanga has chosen Mike the Cock's horse 
But in life, we all make mistakes. I mean, <laughs> quite the quote. Uh, now, Sparkling Water and Samanga Kamala won by four lengths in the end. Jet Dog ran a very, very strong second in a race that wasn't particularly fast in the early stages. Sparkling Water arguably was better positioned, close to that slower pace, whereas Jet Dog ran a huge race having to close into that softer pace. We know how tricky that is for horses to do. So when the front runners haven't really had to expend that much energy. So I'm still a huge fan of that horse. Now, Samanga and I were walking in the paddock as he was getting ready for his next mount. And after a quick congratulations, I fast forwarded the interview to the question. Hello, Hi, congratulations. Thank you, oh thank my you. god. Well done. Well <laughs> thanks, done. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Thank you for the lucky job. Okay. Start by telling me about your trip with sparkling water. Um obviously it has been a, a journey uh, going to Cape Town, back Joburg, and she had a lovely, lovely, lovely uh, time off. Um, I think at least two months and but uh, she was doing a bit of work at home but she wasn't racing I think that really really made her a horse uh, 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 in, in, in this race a competitor because uh, you know I feel that uh, she was fresh she was happy and uh, Mr. DeCock left everything in my hands I didn't worry about nobody I went and did my own thing and knowing her I had to just you know allow it to be there and it was just amazing and about the, the 400 I uh, pulled, I'm thinking, uh, okay, I found a gap and I went, she took off. It was a amazing feeling and uh, uh, she blew them away. Uh, uh, it was just amazing. And again, Mr. Tikok is, a, is another, he's another uh, greatest of a greatest trainer in South Africa, overseas in Dubai, England, you know, he's done it. So, you know, bigs up to him, to Mrs. Slack. Mrs. Slack, well done to her. And then also, uh, big, big well done also with Monty. He picked her. I was double engaged. I checked Dark, he ran second. And I had this one. So I had two good horses in the race. So it was a measure. <laughs> yes. Tell me about how you felt when crossing the wire, winning your second Durban July, making history the first time you won and now winning again. I was electrified. There's no feeling, as I said before, there's no feeling like this. And uh, just, uh, I don't know the capacity of the people, but it was massive. It was just uh, the crowd uh, screaming. It was amazing. Of course, really quickly before I, I let you go. I know we don't have much time, but you grew up around here. Tell me a little bit about you know your journey to becoming a jockey. <laughs> yeah, obviously grew up in Wamashu. Um, I found myself in uh, uh, becoming a jockey, and you know you have uh, all the Durban people support, and uh, they massive. You know, it's a big massive supporters. And, um, you know, Smanga Kumalo grew up from there and I got supporters of everywhere overseas. Even when I went in England, uh, Escort, um, uh, to ride in a sugar cup, it was amazing to find that there's people that really know who I am. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's been great. And uh, yeah, I have to be here, top of the world. When I saw you yesterday on Sparkling Water, just kind of trotting around, you were doing us a big favor there. Did you kind of have that quiet, confident feeling going into the race? Definitely, but I wouldn't share much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Whoop, whoop. He did keep his cards close to his chest. We had interviewed him throughout the week and, and followed him for world horse racing. So, so happy for him though. An incredibly hardworking and affable 
jockey and like I said, saw him ride out in the mornings, got to meet with him as well as his agent, Monty. And they were both so, so kind to us and graciously allowing us to following, follow them around. Now, that will do it for this week. I hope I've updated you on some of my big life events and giving you a bit of international flavor as well, checking in from South Africa, hoping to go back actually next year. Would love to visit for either the JMB Met or the Lomorant Queen's Play because, wow, the way they do racing in South Africa, when, for example, we went around the infield and the fashion competitions, absolutely slayed. The outfits there were impeccable. And they always have a theme each year for the Durban July. And this year it was, where is the honey? I do believe something with bees because I, I bought a bag with a bee on it to make sure that I was complying with the theme. Actually, let me quickly look up to make sure that I quoted this theme correctly. Show me the honey, not where's the honey. Show me the honey, you know, like show me the money. I, I thought it was a bit odd at first that they have a theme, but then when I saw all the outfits, I realized that actually because of a lot of young designers really get themselves thrown into the spotlight when they win those competitions, that having a theme actually allows for that kind of creativity and who's on point, but still staying with their own style. So no, I very, very much enjoyed it. Well represented there. I think a who's who of everyone on the scene was there. So no, it was an absolute pleasure to be there. And let's see if we can uh, head back next year with World Horse Racing. And hopefully my in the next month or so, I'll be back in Saratoga and I can give you a couple of interviews from there. But in the interim, I'll be following all the action uh, from the comforts of Zeist in the Netherlands, where I grew up until I was 18. Yeah, thanks everyone again for listening and hope you're well. Tune in again next week. <laughs>